Today with Catherine Ruinala. Well, I've been doing a slow walk through the Psalms uh, in my personal reading. Often with the Psalms, I have my favourites that I flick to and um, or I'll just read through until something pops out. But I felt just to deliberately take a bit of um, intentional time, trying to read one in the morning, one at night. Sometimes I'm, I cheat a little bit and I'll read two or want to read the next one. But trying to slow myself down just to really extract all that is in there because it's so, so powerful. And the Lord spoke to me recently about 2022 um, and speaking out of Isaiah 22:22, that the key of David is something that God really wants to highlight to us in this coming season. And that the Lord has for us the key of David, that which is going to open doors no man can shut and shut doors no man can open. It's, it's something that's referred to again in Revelation that when you study it out, there's not a lot of clear clarity on, on what, exactly what is this key of David. But as I've been reading through the Psalms, it's become really obvious to me that the key of David has all to, has everything to do with the fact that he loved God. He loved God. You know, Psalm 91 verse 14 says, because he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. Now, the key of David is the key to our divine purpose. Because in loving God, we, we love because he first loved us. And our heart response to his love supernaturally unlocks our capacity to worship him in spirit and truth. And we, that is our ultimate divine purpose, to worship him in spirit and truth, to in, enjoy and embrace the presence of God, to be loved by him and to love him back and to be able to give him the worship that he deserves. It's a door that no man can shut. It's a door that only God is able to open to us by enlightening the eyes of our understanding in the knowledge of him. So we can truly respond and enjoy his presence. And it's so beautiful. But all the way through scripture, it becomes so clear the desire of God to be loved. You know, sometimes we get a picture of God that he's this big principle up in the sky that's up there, you know, cranky. But as you read the scripture, you can hear the yearning cry of God. The whole story of redemption from beginning to end is that you and I would be able to be reconciled to him so that we could be in relationship with him, talking with him, made in his image and loving him as he loves us and enjoying this glorious fellowship with him. You know, um, Matthew 22, verse 36, Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? Who can tell me what it was? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. 
love your neighbor as you love yourself. Because when you're loving your neighbor, you are loving him. He says, as much as you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. But to love him with all our heart. If you look at that in the Greek, you'll see that it's referring to our emotions, to our feelings. Loving him with all is actually, it's, it's not only okay, it's the heart of God that you would have emotion, that you would have a heart response to him that wasn't just technical or obligatory or formal, but genuinely a heart affection, emotions. God created emotions. Hallelujah. We're not led by emotions, but emotions can be made to respond to him in a way that is beautiful. Imagine if your children came and told you that they loved you, but they never actually had a feeling of love towards you. It would be a bit weird and clinical, wouldn't it? God's heart for us is that we would love him with all our heart, with all our soul, which is translated spirit, vitality, life, breath, strength, And with all our mind, our thoughts, our understanding, our imagination, God wants us to love him. It's the cry of the Father all the way through Scripture. We've been looking at Hosea chapter 6, verse 6. And if you want to have a quick look there, um, I'll just have a look at that. It's a very interesting chapter. Hosea chapter 6, verse 6. And I'm reading it here in the NASB. And I normally would have the New King James, but it says here, for I delight in loyalty rather than sacrifice and in the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. And then it's referred again, it's quoted again um, in Matthew chapter 9. And in the um, NASB, it actually says, I desire compassion, not sacrifice. In the New King James, I would have read it as I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And it took me a while. I I don't understand. How could one version translate it loyalty, another version translate it mercy? They seem like such different, different words. Mercy, loyalty, compassion. Why why so many different words to describe the same thing? And um, as I looked at it, the word there in Hebrew actually means kindness by implication, toward God. Mercy toward God. Very strange. God's heart desire is that we would have compassion, have mercy, have kindness toward him by giving him our heart. You see, his desire isn't for a ritualistic, obligatory love from you. He is looking for your heart. He's looking for your loyalty. Will you be loyal to me? Will you love me? And as you read the scripture, you can hear the yearning of God saying, oh, Israel, how Jeru, Jeru, how I've longed to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks, but you were not willing. This heart of God who says, can a woman forget her child and have not compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, but I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. This is love that's beyond our capacity to actually mentally or emotionally or spiritually process. That's why we need supernatural strength to understand it. 
And it's magnificent. It's so beautiful. So how do we love him? If this is the key of David, I mean, David, David, he didn't live a perfect life. But he's called, um, Jesus is called the son of David. There is so much love and honor in the heart of God toward David, an imperfect man. Why? Because it wasn't about his performance. It was about his heart. He loved God. And God is looking for us to love him too. So how do we love God in the key of David? How do we love him like David loved him? How do we love God as he deserves to be loved? Is a beautiful thing to study out. So as I've been doing my little walk through the Psalms, it's remarkable how often we hear the word bless the Lord, to bless God, bless God, bless him. And if you look up the word bless in Hebrew, it actually means it's barak, to kneel down and give something of value. To, to kneel down and give something of value. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture. You can read in Psalm 95 verse 6, come and let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. That's the same word, barak, as bless. To kneel down and to give something of honour. So we can love God by honouring him, by by reverencing him, by respecting him. Wives are told to honour their husbands, to respect their husbands. Don't get mad at me. It's the Bible. It's a good thing. It's a form of love that's essential, that's needed. This is the way love is received. And that our bridegroom, Jesus, deserves to be honoured, deserves to be respected, deserves to be reverenced, deserves to be honoured, hallelujah. And we can bless the God, bless the Lord by kneeling down and giving him something of value. We can give him our hearts. You see, because he has done that for us first. From the very beginning, he knelt down beside Adam and breathed life into him. In Numbers chapter 6 where he says, this is how you, I want you to pray. The Lord bless you. That is, the Lord kneel down and give you something of value. Just seems preposterous, yet it is who he is. God himself humbled himself, came down to our level. He humbled himself as a man and gave the greatest thing he could give. He gave everything. He gave his life. He knelt down. He came down to earth as a man, suffered indignity, disgrace, horror, went to hell for us and rose again, gave himself so that we could be with him. It's such a beautiful picture. And, you know, even if you imagine a parent getting down with a, with a little kid, and, and doing this, what would their response be? They'd come running expecting they were going to get a hug. This is the posture of God wanting to bless us. And God wants us to bless him. We do a lot of things out of tradition and sometimes people get angry, oh, we don't, don't do traditions, but not all traditions are bad. But the problem comes when we do things traditionally and we forget why we're doing them. 
in honouring God, when the first thing when we wake up, you can bless God at the, as your very first thing by saying, Lord, I come to honour you, to respect you, to reverence you, and I come to give you my life as you've given me yours. Today, Lord, I reckon myself dead indeed to sin and alive to God in Christ. I give you my heart. I give you my life for you are worthy. Now, many of you work 10, 12-hour days sometimes or you're busy mums and dads or you've got, you don't have hours and hours to give to the Lord. The Lord is not looking for your sacrifice. He's looking for your heart. Hallelujah. When we have the time, it's a delightful treat. Hallelujah. But God is looking for the posture of your heart. Will you honour him? Will you reference him? We say grace at meals. Some people think, why do you have this funny little tradition? It was birthed out of a desire to remember God and reverence Him, to honour Him in everything we do. Okay, I'm eating, so I'm going to honour God. Let's remember Him first. When I wake up, when I go to sleep, the, the tradition of kneeling beside your bed and saying your prayers is birthed out of a desire to honour Him and to bless Him. Now, you don't have to be traditional, but I want to encourage you that Christianity looks like a life of blessing God, of kneeling down and honouring Him and saying, you are God, Lord, you are worthy. As I say, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. I am blessing God. I'm worshipping Him. I'm honouring Him as He deserves. Amen. So we get the opportunity for our daily response to the Lord, morning and evening. I like morning and evening times with the Lord and little snacks during the day too. Just get, get aside and talk to the Lord, love on Him, bless Him. But build it into your lives as a habit. You know, you might, you might not, some people, they think, well, I've got to do an hour in the morning or an hour at night. And then they get busy and then they don't do it. And then they feel bad. Then they condemn themselves and they walk away from God. Then they come back, oh God, here I am feeling like a hypocrite. Oh God, I'm sorry. Whereas God would, I believe, you'd be better off developing in your heart a habitual pattern of when I wake up, I'm going to say hello to God and give Him honour and remind myself, today my life belongs to you. I give you my life for you are worthy for you've given me everything. Hallelujah. The last thing you do before you go to sleep at night is to bless Him, honour Him, open the Bible, listen to His voice, bless Him and honour Him and go to sleep. Hallelujah. At your meals, say, uh, say grace just quietly to yourself or with your family to give Him honour, not because you'll get in trouble if you don't, but because it's an opportunity to keep Him as the foremost, most glorious one who is our provider, who is our life source, who is the reason that we smile, who is the reason that we have hope, the reason for our hope. Hallelujah. God's not looking for religious individuals who are going to be, you know, um, pharisaical and making everybody else feel bad. You didn't say grace. It's not like that. He's looking for your heart. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The other thing I see all the way through the scripture, I mean, I, I've been enjoying all of this. this. Yesterday I was reading Psalm 103. Um, oh, it's beautiful. It was so good. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Oh, it's just beautiful. You could just go through. Verse 10, he has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his loving kindness toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. It's a worship moment right there. Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame. He's mindful that we are but dust. He's kind. He's not exacting and impossible to please. He's looking for your heart. And he he has your heart. He says in Song of Songs, he says, let me hear your voice for your voice is sweet to me. He loves you. Oh, how he loves you. The other thing I see in the Psalms as I, I read through it all the time is sing. Sing to the Lord a new song. Psalm 96 here. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. You read through, you see it again. Sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Psalm 98 all the way through. Shout joyfully to the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Now, traditionally, the Psalms were made to be sung to the Lord. In Hebrew, the, um, the Jewish people would sing the Psalms to the Lord. And the Lord, he loves the sound of your voice. I'm a singer. I love to sing. My life's a whole life's a musical. I've always got a song for everything. Hallelujah. I just love it. But even if you're not a singer and you feel like you've just got a voice that only a mother could love, I've got really good news for you. Your father says it's sweet to him. And there's something powerful about you opening your mouth and singing. It really is. You think about Paul and Silas in the prison, beaten, unfairly, unlawfully jailed, mistreated. What do they do? They start singing praises to the Lord. And as they sing praises, a door opens that no man can shut. (laughs) The prison door opens, the chains break off. There's a a revival in the prison. And it all started with singing. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing a song to the Lord. There's something so beautiful about it. I woke up the other morning and I was singing Sesame Street song. I think Big Bird sang it. There's a bit of a controversy whether it was Big Bird first or Karen Carpenter, but, you know. Sing, sing a song, sing out loud, sing out strong, sing of good things, not bad. Check my age here. Sing of happy, not sad. Sing, sing a song, make it simple to last your whole life long. Don't worry if it's not good enough for anyone else to hear. Just sing, 
Sing a song, you and me, Harry. La 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 la. Big Bird would be proud. Praise the Lord. Don't worry if it's not good enough for anyone else to hear. Just sing. Sing a song. This is what the psalm tells us. Sing a song. doesn't matter if you're not musical. It doesn't matter if it's not beautiful to everybody else's ears, to your father's ears. It is sweet and it is powerful. It's why we devote so much time in church to singing. This isn't an old tradition that's just meaningless. It's power when we open our voice and we make melody in our hearts to the Lord. As we open our voice and sing, there is things that shift. There are things that happen. There are doors that open. God's heart is blessed. As you sing a song, don't just let a CD or a Spotify or whatever sing it for you. Open your mouth and sing. And over again, over and over again here, it says sing a new song. Now that's a challenge. I mean, Meg sings a new song every week. It's beautiful. But sing something from your own heart. And the, the scriptures show us how to do that. They sing about everything. They sing about, oh, it's Thank you, Lord, for bringing the rain down. Thank you, Lord, for the fish in the sea. Thank you, Lord, for the creatures of the sea. Thank you, Lord, for making the, the harvest come. They just sing about everything all the way through Psalms. It's just everything. They find every opportunity to thank God for something. So the other morning I woke up and I was having fun with the family. I was in the kitchen and we had mangoes in the um, fruit bowl. I love mangoes. I'm grateful for mangoes. So I began to sing a new song about mangoes. Father, thank you for mangoes. Thank you for Kensington Fried mangoes. You know what? That's a new song. God wants you to open your mouth and sing a new song, to thank him, to bless him. Thank him for your church. Thank him for your family. Thank him for the breath in your lungs. Thank him for the sunshine. Thank him that you woke up that day and that he has good plans laid up in store for you to do. Thank him that he has a purpose and a plan. Thank him that his name is going to be glorified, that people are going to hear his voice today. Thank him for whatever you can do, because as you do that as you sing to the Lord you are blessing his heart you are loving him and you are giving him what he has longed for and desired he deserves to be loved you might say oh, I'm too shy I'm embarrassed well do it all by yourself in your room let him hear you though open your voice open your mouth and let it come out begin to sing tell him you are worthy you are holy you are awesome, God. You can sing scripture. You can sing uh, things that come to your heart and the, the Lord will bless it. He'll love it. How are you going to love God this week? Now, as you wake up and you just begin to talk to the Lord and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that your mercies are new every morning. Thank you, Lord, that you came down to earth, humbled yourself and gave yourself for me. 
Thank you for loving me so much, God. Today, Lord, I come to bring you the gift of my life. I thank you, Father, that it's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Thank you today that you are in me. Lord, today I, I give you my life afresh today. Lord, I, I kneel down before you to worship you and to reverence you for you are worthy of worship. Lord, I give you the gift of my life. I give you my heart. Hallelujah, for you are worthy. As you go about your day, give him thanks. Thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for your help. I find myself saying praise the Lord all the time. Like I say praise the Lord to people who've never even heard the name of the Lord all the time just because it's so habitual in my life. But you know what? That's a good thing. It's not a religious thing. It's an it's a impulse from my heart. If there's good news, a praise the Lord is going to come out of my mouth because he is worthy of praise. As I bless him, as I worship him, and then as I go to sleep, to bless him, to thank him, to look him in the face and tell him that I love him. That is the pinnacle of spirituality.